everybody welcome back to the fans edge sports talk radio or should i say podcast it's not radio um we want to give listeners a fresh take on all things sports we are professionals we are fans just like you man and uh i just want to uh a lot of you all have been reaching out to me and i want to just go ahead give you all a shout out thank you because without y'all None of this is possible, man. Um, we're going to welcome my co-host, Essek. What's going on, Essek, man? How you been? How was your weekend? Hey, man. I had like five days off, so I can't complain. I had a little mini vacay. I just chilled around the house. You know, for those who don't know, I just, I've been living in apartments for the longest, but now I'm finally in a house house. Still hey. ain't really got... Still ain't really got settled in. Still got some things to move in, but I'm, I'm good right now. Can't complain about much. What about you, bro? Man, I tell you, I, I'm telling you, when you move from an apartment to a house, it's a whole different feeling. You you don't feel like everybody's, you know, all up on you, watching your every move, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Trust me, I know that feeling. Well, just want to congratulate you on going ahead and moving into a house, moving on to bigger and better things. But, you know, uh, as our show says, man, the Big Ten has some surprises. It was back. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about UFC 254 and and just more. You know, uh, we got a whole lot to get into. So let's go ahead and show. I'm going to let you go ahead and open up with, uh, with uh, Khabib and the U- uh, UFC. Yeah, so if you, if you lived under a rock, you... You missed it, but Khabib Nurmagomedov has officially retired from the UFC after his victory against Dustin, uh, not Dustin Poirier, but Justin Gaethje. He won second round via submission, and after the fight, he he retired. I I am I kind of saw it coming because people were like, Justin Gaethje's going to win. Justin Gaethje's going to win. He's never been taken down. He beat Tony Ferguson, all this and all that. And I was just like, Khabib lost his father, his main source of motivation. So if anything, going into this fight, that's going to motivate him more. And one of the reasons why he said he was retiring is because his father won't be there to see him fight anymore. So, and he said it with so much emotion, like he almost broke down into tears while saying it. So, I don't think this is one of those Conor McGregor situations where I'm retired. Oh, I'm back. I'm retired. Oh, I'm back. I think he's done, done. And one thing he mentioned when he was in the octagon retiring, he said, I'm retiring, but y'all got to make me the number one pound for pound fighter after this because 28, no undefeated in my career. And they went ahead and named him the number one pound pound for pound fighter. And somebody had some words to say about that. And when I say somebody, I mean the boy Johnny Bones Jones. John didn't really like it that much, which I kind of understand, but at the same time, I don't really understand because yes, 
John Jones is technically undefeated as well with 15 title reigns or captures. I don't know how they really do it in the UFC, like how they count them in the UFC to Khabib's four, which is something that John Jones brought up. But at the same time, John Jones in his last couple of fights hasn't been as dominant as Khabib has. And that kind of weighs into it, especially when you look at John Jones' history. Yeah, Khabib took off like two, three years because he just kept getting injured. But when he came back, he came back with a vengeance. And it's just it's just a wild thought. I, I didn't think he would. I thought it would take at least one more, one or two more fights. But Khabib says he's out the game, and I just want to salute him because, man, I've never seen somebody dominate in the UFC like Khabib and my big brother put me on UFC. So I've been watching it since I was like 13 or so. So hats off to Khabib. Yeah, man. Uh, like you said, hats off to Khabib, you know, Jabos Jones, he, he going to say something every time, but I think that the man will fight again. I really think that he will fight again. Yeah. He's emotional right now, but to sit here and say that, I don't think that, that he's going to fight ever again. I just think it's kind of premature. I believe that we will see Khabib. And, you know, I mean, it just kind of, it is what, you know, it's one of those, it is what it is type deals. For me, he got very, like you said, he got very emotional, which means like, you know, losing a parent uh, is very emotional. Or losing a loved one is very emotional. A lot of people take that different. And yes, his father was that motivation, but, what would his father tell him right now? Keep fighting. His father would, you know, like you're you're never you've never been a quitter. I never raised you to be a quitter. Keep fighting. Yes, I agree. Sometimes it's great to end your career on top as the number one guy or whatever. But I think that he's gonna come back. I don't know. He didn't ran through everybody that there is to fight, except for Tony Ferguson. And the man that beat Tony Ferguson just tapped out to Khabib in the second round and had never been taken down until he played until he fought Khabib. So I, I, I want to say what's cool is is Khabib called exactly what he was gonna do. Oh it's it's he weird. He told him exactly what he was gonna do. And you just couldn't stop it. Like here's your game plan, work against it, you know, and you just couldn't work against it. I thought that, that was kind of the craziest thing about that. Cause he knows he knows his strengths. He know he can just go in there and maul people. Like people have, I've watched videos where they've said I've never been like grappled or taken down by somebody like Khabib. And right. Once, once again, he been wrestling bears since he was like five. So, and then the video came out of him swimming upstream in a cold river in Russia, getting ready for the fight. I was just like, bro, it's a wrap. Yeah, that, that that dude's on a whole nother level. Let's talk about somebody who uh likes to get on a whole nother level, man. My <laughs> man, Antonio Brown, man. Uh, he's about to come back from his suspension. And he just, you know, the thing, you know, I want to say this. It came out that we all thought, or I know I thought, he was about to sign with the Seahawks. I mean, Russell Wilson went ahead, went publicly, came out. Now, for some reason, Russell Wilson is taking heat for coming out and saying that he wanted A.B. But we all know, you know, Antonio Brown went ahead, signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
And Antonio Brown has said he wanted to play with with uh, Tom Brady. And it looked like him with the Patriots was about to be a match made in heaven. And then all of a sudden, Antonio Brown have his off the field issues and not playing in the league anymore. So talk to me what you think about this uh, this deal. Everybody seems to want to be at Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay doesn't really seem that good. Uh, you're right. I don't understand why Russell Wilson is catching heat, though, or catching flack for it, because we all know once you put aside all the antics and all the stuff that A.B. does, he is one of the best receivers to be out there on the field. He will he will get your team like he will improve your team so much. But Tampa Bay, I guess, is a great spot for him, like you said. And everybody saw it. I saw it when he was in uh, New England there for a little bit. It looked like they were going to be a dangerous – him and Tom Brady were going to be a dangerous combination. And now they're in Tampa Bay together with even more receivers. And I, I saw something where it said Bruce Arians looked around the receiver room or something or like they've just been so hurt at the receiver position that they really had no other choice. And if Tom Brady can build the chemistry – I mean, if Antonio Brown can build the chemistry with Tom Brady, I don't I don't see a problem with it. I – I do kind of feel like it's too many too many cooks in the kitchen though because you got Mike Evans who wants the ball, you have Chris Godwin who wants the ball, you got Gronk who wants the ball, and now you're adding A B. So we're just gonna have to wait and see how he acts. Yeah, yeah. And and, it, and this is my whole thing on or my take on it. Yes, you want the ball, but if you're winning games and you get to a championship, what does it really matter? You're going to get a bonus for advancing in the playoffs, which Tampa Bay hasn't done, right? You're going to get a bonus if you get to the conference championship, which Tampa Bay hasn't done. And you'll get a bonus if you, you know, if you get to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, really, you're still going to get your money. Also, it's going to do nothing but put you more in the national spotlight. So, as long as people are winning, you know, I don't see if I don't get the ball, there's no reason for me, you know, to be mad. You know, it's how I look at it as. But we also reported earlier in the year, you know, when we were talking about where could Antonio Brown possibly go, and Bruce Arians was like, mm-mm, we ain't taking him, man. I done dealt with that before. We good. We good. And now to sit here and see him go ahead and take that risk with Antonio Brown, man, I, I think that there has to be something in that contract where he's like, you got to stay off social media, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're off social media, we get money back, and you owe us, you going in debt. You know, it, it has to be some type of clause in there for Bruce Arians to put up with this. You're right, because as long as I've known Bruce Arians or known about Bruce Arians and him coaching, all I've heard is him being no nonsense, because he was the quarterback coach for my Colts at a certain point, and I know he was no nonsense when he was in Indy, so I don't think any of that has changed. So there. There has to be something in that contract, some type of clause, like, hey, if you do this, you gone, or we can do this, or you'll have to go through this. So, yeah. smart move, but we're just going to have to wait and see how it shakes out. I agree, man. Uh, moving on to our next segment, the State of Arkansas recap, man. Arkansas was on the bye week. Hawks fans, you know, you, you got to take a break. Yeah, you you was all you know overcome with so emotion from you know winning the last game that y'all had and 
the whole state of Arkansas, you know, Arkansas State had won, UCA had won, the Hogs had won, and then the Red Wolves and the UCA Bears just had to crap the bed, man. They just had to crap the bed. They did it to us, man. Um, you know, Arkansas State goes 17 for 45 against Appalachian State. Mind you, last episode, I was saying, this ain't the Appalachian State that we used to seeing, you know, and uh, I guess they just needed a couple games to get under their belt to find their mojo because they did it. Then UCA, still having these offensive problems I talk about week in, week out. <sighs> but the defense didn't do as good as they needed to because I felt like as good as UCA's defense is and has been, they should have kept uh, Eastern Kentucky under 31. I want to say that the problem was was all of the turnovers that ended up happening in this game. So talk to me about these two games, man. The Arkansas State game, it was just really sloppy. It was a really sloppily played game. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it as much as I thought I would because obviously Arkansas State is a lot better than what they actually showed. Appalachian State was just able to be a little bit more consistent, even though they did also play very sloppy. And it just kind of saddens me because I believe Arkansas State is the best team in the state at the moment. So for them to pretty much crap the bed. They're going to come and, for you, bro. They're going to come <laughs> for you. So for them to just crap the bed like that, it kind of it kind of sucks. I, I was watching the game, and I – at the beginning when it started to get a little out of hand, I was like, it's okay. They'll make adjustments. They'll come back, but it never seemed to come to fruition. And I noticed they also had to make a quarterback change. I don't know exactly why, but maybe that played a part in it also. And then the UCA game, yeah, the turnovers just really killed them. I was expecting the defense to be the same as they usually are, go out there and dominate, keep it at a manageable margin if you go down or be able to control the game if you're up, but that just didn't seem to happen. And you see, it just ended up taking another L. They, they, it's, they're right there. It's just they have certain things that they need to work on. Man, like I said, love Braylon, man, but – Golly, bro. Golly, man. All right, man. We're going to go ahead, move on to uh, our our next, you know, segment, which is basically the Arkansas matchups coming up this week. And we got Arkansas versus Texas A&M Saturday kickoff at 6.30 p.m. on the SEC Network. Texas A&M comes in as a double-digit favorite at 11 and a half with the over-under set at 56 and a half. Uh, then you got Arkansas State takes on Troy Saturday, 2 p.m. kickoff on ESPN3. Arkansas State, even after getting smacked, comes in as a four-and-a-half favorite with the over-under set at 70-and-a-half. And then you have UCA versus Missouri. Uh, yeah, Missouri Western Saturday, 3 p.m. kickoff on ESPN3. Um, I mean, I know a lot of Arkansas fans are really excited about this Texas A&M game. I mean, let's, let's just talk about this. 
Arkansas is actually getting put on, you know, not the alternate network now. They're actually getting put on, you know, the SEC network and real networks because now people want to watch this team. And I'm telling you, if they can keep it up, even even if they do lose and they stop losing like how they have been, just, you know, not even looking like an SEC team, like they will get a little bit more uh, – what do you call that? National recognition. I mean, I've I've been seeing it. There have been people out here talking. Arkansas should be ranked. Go ahead and rank Arkansas. So, I mean, talk to me about this Arkansas versus Texas A and M game. I I do agree with the people. I do believe Arkansas should be ranked because they truly should be what three and one right now. Arkansas is, has the fourth best defense in the SEC, which is wild to even say that's how you know we're in unprecedented times because it hadn't been like that since the Petrino era right but AM comes into this game of course the favorite because they've won every meeting since every meeting between Arkansas and Arkansas I mean Arkansas and Texas A&M since Texas A&M has joined the SEC in 2012 A&M has won eight in a row so I can understand why they are the favorite i i'm gonna i'm going to pick texas a&m for this game because both teams are coming off of a bye week but i just feel like texas a&m is more ready because they've they've been there they've won the game before it's just another game on the schedule but for arkansas they would this would be the game to finally get them over the hump so that's adding a little extra weight or stress to the game on their side so I'll, I'll put it to you like this. Do you think that Texas A&M is going to win by 11 and a half points? Not 11 and a half. It's going to be a close game. Yeah, I think by the I think by the end of uh the week that those points might co- might just come down. I really do. I mean, they're opening up at 11 and a half, but I'll put it to you like this. I don't have much faith in Kellen Mann. Yes, uh he's been looking a little bit better, you know, um but Arkansas's defense and what they're doing in the secondary, we watched them slow down an air raid offense in Ole Miss. And a great coach in Lane Kiffin offensive, you know, offensive-wise. And we watched them get multiple interceptions. And, I mean, I'm just very eager. I'm very eager to watch this game. Uh, it's it's kind of sad this game is going to be on at the same time as probably my Buckeyes game. But – I'm, you know, I always have my multiple TVs, you know, thinking about it, I probably need to get another one. But, I mean, I'm very excited. I don't think that Texas A&M is going to cover. Really excited about the Hogs, and I agree with you, man. I do think that the Hogs need to be ranked as well. So, I mean, and coming off of a bye week, I think Arkansas should win this game, but I went ahead and I picked Texas A&M. Because like you said, they know who they are. They know what they have to do. And I don't think that anybody is coming in and sleeping on Arkansas after, you know, their couple of wins that they've had, uh, especially with Auburn talking about, you know, coming out saying, you know, we kind of slept on Arkansas, especially after the quarterback of Ole Miss coming out and saying, yeah, we slept on Arkansas. I don't think anybody can sleep on Arkansas uh, anymore. And, I mean, to be honest, Arkansas fans, I think y'all should uh, kind of just be happy about that, that y'all are back in that type of conversation. Yeah. Uh, 
have some relevance again. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. Uh, Arkansas State versus Troy. I'm going to go ahead and take Arkansas State. I can tell you this. Uh, because not not just the past game, but the game before that, I forgot who they went up against. They had a lot of people hurt in the secondary. And hopefully they're able to get some of them back. But I got Arkansas State in this game. I don't think that Troy will be able to hang with this Arkansas, Arkansas State team. They will also have another week to be able to incorporate and fix the things that they need that they need to. So give me Arkansas State in this game, and uh, I think Arkansas State will cover. Oh, I definitely agree that they will cover it more. More, they're more likely to cover than to not cover. But yeah. this is two on paper. These are two evenly matched teams with a slight advantage to Arkansas State. But I feel like coming off of a an embarrassing loss like the one they had where it was a very sloppily played game. They did not look like the same team that they've looked like all season. Defense was not there. Offense was just not clicking how it usually is. I feel like Coach Anderson is going to get them right. They have this time to get right and come out, and hopefully they put up the numbers and play how we're used to seeing them play. Right. Man, uh, moving on, uh, I'm going to go ahead – and I won't bet again. I'm going to go ahead and pick UCA because of that defense. Uh, one thing that we're seeing from all of these teams coming out is, you know, problems with getting adjusted to the game, especially during this pandemic, you know. So one thing that I think is, is UCA can use this to their advantage. Now, one thing that UCA might be at a disadvantage is, they don't have enough film on this team. But that, like I said, that defense is stout, uh, and I'll, I'll put my money on them, you know. So go ahead, give me UCA. I'll take that all day. Yeah, I'm also I'm also taking UCA with my pick because the experience that they have, they've played games this season. They've been through ups. They've been through downs where Western Missouri, on the other hand, this is their first game of only – like a five game season. So mm -hmm. there's they have a lot of film on UCA. I mean UCA doesn't have too much film on them, but I do feel like the defense is dominant enough and I feel like because they have experience, even though Western Missouri will have the fresher players, I feel like that experience will favor UCA and UCA will come out with the victory. There you go. Well, you hear it. Me and uh, Essex basically got the same picks on all of your uh, – what do you call it? On all of your state of Arkansas. So make sure you're checking those games out this week. I um, want to go ahead and do a recap of, you know, the games that we picked last week. Um, talking about Ohio State having a dominant game over Nebraska. But guess what? It did not start off that way, man. It just didn't start off that way. Um, there's definitely some improvements. Like I said, coming in your first game, there are going to be issues, you know. There's definitely going to be things that you and your team need to work on, and that's what we found out about Ohio State. You know, Nebraska, right out the gate, comes out and uh, goes right down the field on Ohio State and scores. You know, you're like, dang, this might this might be a long game. We might be in for a long matchup. But I do like the end game 
and the halftime adjustments that Ohio State made. I do want to say, man, Justin Fields going for uh, 20 for 21 uh, was just amazing. And the only reason it wasn't 21 to 21 is because my man Olave in the end zone, when he went up for a ball, got bridged and came down hard, wasn't able to hold on to it. But, I mean, Justin Fields was just throwing it on the mark. Even a, a, one of the football players, one of his wide receivers slipped. I want to say it was Garrett Wilson. And when he slipped, he still threw it to him on the ground at a dime. I mean, oh, my goodness. Justin Fields has done nothing but progress. Uh, I do say that on the offensive line, they have to get better. On the defensive line, they have to get better as well. They got to get better push. You know, they're without a Nick Bosa, without a Joey Bosa, and without a Chase Young. So we're waiting to see who emerged. I do want to give a big shout-out to Haskell Garrett, man. Uh, we're talking about a guy who had got shot in the face. He got shot in the face two months ago and came out, got the only sack for Ohio State, had an uh, amazing game. Yeah, that's a, the Haskell Garrett story is a crazy story, and I'm, I'm glad he was able to recover and is out there and able to play. That's just – that's a – that's a movie right there. But going on into the game, uh, Nebraska did come out. They did start out fast, start out hot. When I saw that they were up on y'all, I was like, ooh, Mike ain't going to like this. Right. Mike don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, they did. Uh, Rondé at halftime made adjustments and got y'all right. And Justin Fields just hats off. An amazing performance. Like you said, 20 of 21, I – I don't think anybody else I don't think anybody else has been close to putting up numbers like that. But actually the Wisconsin quarterback, uh I wanna say he only had one incompletion. Uh what was that? That game was Friday. So uh I think his name is like Graham Mertz. I'm not hundred percent sure, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, it was just a it was a good game. Um there was a lot of missed calls, though, especially targeting calls. I noticed that. I even, while I was at work watching the game, I messaged you and was like, they out here trying to injure y'all for real, for real. Ain't there ain't no targeting what? getting called, nothing. But hats off to Ohio State. I can, even though it was the first game, I I, I see why y'all hold y'allself so high, Ohio State fans. I see why y'all hold y'all so high because y'all have a standard and the team is living to the standard to an certain to a certain extent. They like like you said, there's little things that y'all need to fix, but y'all after one game, y'all still have put yourself in a position to be in the college football playoff. I believe. I feel like y'all after one game, y'all should probably be four, maybe five. Well. I think that they went ahead and, uh, you know, we were already ranked five. So uh, the only only place to go is up. I know people aren't going to think that Notre Dame is better than Ohio State. But uh, I also want to say something that's funny. And I think that Ryan Day is probably going to be doing it a lot lately. And, you know, we were talking about this quarterback battle. Is C.J. Stroud going to come out first? Is it going to be Jack Miller? Or is it going to be Gunnar Hope just to keep us off balance? And, Jack Miller came out, and he went ahead and 
scored in garbage time. I want to say with less than 30 seconds left, and Ryan Day came out and apologized. But I think Ryan Day is going to possibly be apologizing a lot this season, man. You know, these guys weren't able to get a spring game. And, you know, you got backups who need reps. You know, you need guys who need reps that missed it all spring, you know, because of this pandemic. So why not use it in a game where you're blowing out a team? Uh, sorry, not sorry. I mean, it just is what it is. And if you, if the other teams ever got a chance to blow out, you know, another team, I think that you should still use that garbage time to work them in. You know, we won't have Justin Fields next year. He's going to be gone. So after that, it is what it is, man. Uh, but we both got that pick right. Uh, talking about our next game, Michigan, number 18, Michigan, Wins 49 to 24 against 21 ranked Minnesota. Uh, this is a game that both of us got wrong, but let's go ahead and talk about um, you know, Joe Milton coming out in this game and being, I guess, that new age quarterback that you know the Wolverines needed or have been looking for, you know, a quarterback that can do things with their legs, uh, not afraid of contact. Um, but I do still have some question marks about him in a passing game and throwing the deep ball. But this Michigan team did look energized. And, you know, we go ahead and we do these games on Sunday and not knowing that Minnesota is going to be without their starting and backup kicker and their starting punter. And we know that this is a game of inches and, you know, they – Michigan was able to work with a short field for, you know, a majority of the game. So I, I am interested to see what happens when Michigan is able to go up against an actual good team and how they're going to look. Minnesota, you know, started the game motivated, high energy, looking like everything was going to, you know, possibly go their way. But Michigan goes ahead and responds. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's something I also noticed that Minnesota did start off the game with a lot of energy. And then I – I don't know. I guess when Michigan started going up on them, the just the confidence just went lower and lower and lower until it became a, a ugly situation. But Minnesota is a better team than the product that they put out there Saturday. I know it. You know it. They know it. They just have to yeah. improve and go out there and show it. And like you said, Michigan did take advantage of a short field a lot of the times, like with the with the big hit that turned into a, a this right here. No, it wasn't that one, but it was a big hit that <laughs> happened. And, and Tanner Morgan just so happened to get hit and the ball flew out. One of the defensive linemen ended up catching it, running it like 20 yards into the end zone. Yeah. Um, Minnesota goes for it on fourth down, doesn't get it. Gives Michigan another short field to work. More short field to work with. In their own so, territory, yeah. Yeah, Michigan. So Michigan took There's a that hit you were talking about. <laughs> Michigan took advantage of the situations that they need to take advantage of to come out on top of this game. Yeah, and also what I didn't see in Minnesota, which I was very disappointed in, was Minnesota wasn't stretching the field deep. Uh, I don't know if it's because they just didn't have time. I know, as you saw on, on this video clip, you know, Tanner Morgan just getting smacked. Defensive lineman goes ahead, catches the ball in the air, takes it to the, uh, takes it to the house, but – one thing we know Rashad Bateman can do is, is stretch the field. And they didn't start doing that until the second half and kind of really when the game was starting to get out of hand. 
So if Minnesota can start stretching their vertical game a little bit more and Tanner Morgan, does, you know, keeps his head on the swivel, you know, Minnesota definitely could be a better team. Uh, <laughs> you know, Tom will tell. They, you know, they're going to be battling uh, against Wisconsin. And, you know, I went ahead and said, you know, Minnesota could possibly win the Big Ten West. But after watching Wisconsin Friday night, I'm not too sure about that, man. It's just this season is obviously one of the weirdest seasons we've had in a while. I mean, you got Coastal Carolina ranked in the top 25, so you never know. <laughs> right, you, you never, never know. know. You know, and uh, just going ahead, moving on, we got Iowa State versus Oklahoma State. Uh, I mean, to be honest, this was really a good game, a better game than what I thought that it was going to be. And, you know, uh, Oklahoma State only came out winning this game by, what was that, 24 to 21. Uh, Tuba Hubbard having a really good day. Uh, they were getting him involved in the passing game, getting him involved in the running game as well. And, you know, it's crazy to hear about a Big 12 game only having like 40-something points. <laughs> what? What? What is up with that? So Oklahoma State is still showing that defense. Uh, their starting quarterback coming back from injury, he had a little bit of rust on him. But I think coming out next week, they're going to be highly motivated and, you know, looking for a W again. You know, I mean, to be honest, I think Oklahoma State is the Big 12's best chances of making it to the college football playoff. Most definitely. I, I truly believe that Oklahoma State is the front order, front runner to win the Big 12 conference because they've just showed with their defense that they're dominant and with their offense that they're dominant. And something I said last week on the show is that this game is going to come down to pretty much the running backs. And what happened? Brees Hall had a, a really good game. I think he had like 180 something yards and a touchdown. Chuba Hubbard had 100 and something yards and a touchdown. It just came down to that defense. And when it was time to put up or shut up, Oklahoma State's defense put up and still undefeated. Best chance, as I said, best the front runner to win the Big 12 to best chance to what's the word? Represent the Big 12 right. in the in the college football playoffs. And we just have to see. Oh, also the the score, 21 points. That's the most points that the defense of Oklahoma State has allowed this entire season so far. So if they can continue to if their defense can continue to do as well as it's doing, they will definitely, I believe they should definitely get a spot in the college football playoffs. And I, I agree. I, I, I cannot argue with that one bit, man. Uh, moving on to another game that we picked, and this team just continues to show nothing but dominance. Number nine ranked Cincinnati uh, wins 42 against 16th ranked SMU, uh, who only got 13 points on this defense. And Oh my God! You know this is supposed to be a pickup game. Uh, I want to say that what Cincinnati was only like a one and a half favorite picked in this game, and they come out and they just thrash. I mean, completely thrash SMU. Like, yes, it, it began to become a closer game in the uh, you know it was a closer game, and then Cincinnati just ran off with it. But I mean, you saw. 
just dropped after drop pass from the uh from the defenders. I want to say that this secondary of Cincinnati might be one of the best Cincinnati uh secondaries in the entire country. Just what they were able to do, how they were able to slow uh SMU's best wide receiver down. I mean, this was just an amazing performance by Cincinnati. I just couldn't believe it, man. Yeah, they dominated on both sides of the ball. That defense was stingy, and their offense took advantage of the stinginess of the defense. And I just – I don't know. Cincinnati is one of those teams that's also being slept on. Uh, I heard somebody, someone say, one of the commentators on one of the games say, yes, this is a weird season, but because this is a weird season, a lot of the teams that wouldn't get a lot of recognition – are getting the the recognition that they should get. And Cincinnati right now, (laughs) very true. Cincinnati right now is showing that they should be ranked number nine. They should be in the top 10. They could possibly be in a new year's new year's six bowl. And I wouldn't have a problem with it because it more than likely be a very interesting game, whoever they went up against. So as long as Cincinnati continues to like dominate on both. They don't even have to dominate on both sides of the ball. As long as one side, they can dominate on one side of the ball. I will have them as a favorite in the game. Well, you heard it there from Estic, man. Uh, you know, Cincinnati, they doing their thing. Cincinnati, keep doing your thing. And, uh, you know, Lick Fickle, play at Ohio State, coach that at the Ohio State, you know, and just went ahead and took that mentality right down south to good old Cincinnati coming from Columbus, man. And uh, I mean, to be honest, I, I I see a lot of like Ohio State tendencies in that program. And I mean, shout out to what Luke Fickle is able to do. And I think, I know that other teams might be trying to push to get him. I know other teams have tried to push to get him like uh, Michigan State. He was on their list uh, last year. But this might be a guy that just might want to stay, you know, in his roots of Cincinnati. And uh, while we're talking about that, you know, we do have them on our, you know, uh, as one of our next games going up against a top offense in Memphis, Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff on ESPN. And they come in as a six-point favorite with the over-under set at 60 and a half, man. And, um you know, people have been talking about this Cincinnati team and could they get in a Power 5 conference? And to be honest, if they continue this up and Luke, Fix- Luke Fickle stays, I want to see them in a the Power 5. I think it'll be time, especially if they uh, go ahead and just dominate the rest of the season and play well in the bowl game. Because I, I, they're recruiting is doing nothing but getting better and I think with, if they continue to have the level of uh, of play, if they continue this level of play, with that, with them getting a the power five, their recruiting would do nothing but go up. Exactly. I completely agree with you. If anybody should get a shot at being in the power five, it is Cincinnati. This matchup against Mich- Memphis will be a good one, I believe. I'm going to take Cincinnati just because Memphis kind of struggled against UCF. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, I guess – I guess you can say it's UCF. The anyway, um, <laughs> that's your team, bro. Anyway, but 
I, if Memphis gets behind, because they had to come back to beat UCF, if Memphis gets behind on Cincinnati, I don't believe there's any coming back because of how dominant their defense is and how right. their offense can take over the game. So I'm I'm taking Cincy, especially with the confidence they have, the motivation they have, and the coaching that they have. I feel like they're going to get the job done. Like I said, can't argue with you there. I got Cincy in that as well, man. Uh, let's talk about another game, man. LSU versus Auburn, Saturday, 2.30 p.m. kickoff on CBS. Auburn comes in as a one-point favorite right now, which uh, this is a pick -em game. You just don't know. LSU just doesn't have a quarterback right now. Uh, Auburn. We already know what their problem is, especially if you're from the state of Arkansas. You really know what's wrong with Auburn's offense is Chad Morris. And they seem like they're just not going to fix that issue and continue to keep Chad Morris around. They won't get better until they get rid of him. And I want to say that the only way you're going to possibly get rid of Chad Morris now is because you might get rid of Gus Malzahn, man. Talk to me about this game, bro. Ah, man, with this game, as, as hard as it is to say, I'm going to take LSU in this game simply because mm. I don't trust Chad Morris. I, look at look at Auburn last year. Look at Auburn the previous years. Been one of the premier offenses in college football. Look at Bo Nix last year. Bo Nix was one of the most hyped players last year. And you come in yeah. this year and get Chad Morris as an offensive coordinator – and the offense just looks stagnant. It looks stale. Players look like they don't really completely comprehend what's going on. And honestly, it's hurting Bo Nick's draft stock. And with well, he can't that leave being that said, like, I mean, I know, but still, you want to build as much stock as you can. But if if it all depends on if Auburn can get their offense right, who wins this game? Because LSU is benching. Uh, Miles Brennan and starting freshman TJ Finley. So hopefully maybe he can spark that offense because that defense is there, even though it needs to be fixed a little bit, the defense is there. So maybe TJ Finley can come in and create a spark on offense that Cole Brennan couldn't. Yeah. I want, I want to say that Miles Brennan ended up, uh, Miles. yeah, Miles Brennan, I believe he ended up getting hurt, you know, uh, which apparently he's been hurt. Um, and it's just not helping them out. Like you said, maybe TJ Finley can go ahead and give them a spark. But I'm going to go with Auburn, man. I just think that Auburn's defense will possibly be able to keep them in this game where LSU just hasn't been able to get any offense going. Uh, you know, defensive-wise, they don't really have anything going as well in LSU. So I kind of know what I'm getting out of Auburn. Yes, Chad Morris is, uh, you know, messing things up. If they could just mute his uh his mic for maybe a half or the whole game, uh, I think Auburn comes out on top in this game, man. Uh, move, moving on, we got Texas versus number six, Oklahoma State. And I just want to go ahead and say this. It's a Saturday kickoff, 3 p.m. on Fox. Oklahoma State comes in as a three-point favorite with the over-under starting at 58. And this will be a test for Oklahoma State. Like I said, the Big 12 is riding solely on Oklahoma State. This game right here, this game right here, you know, 
Well, let us know it's Oklahoma State for real. Do they have a chance to really go through the Big 12 and win? I mean, Texas is hungry. Yes, have they made some mistakes? Yes, they have. How good is that defense? Can that defense stop a running quarterback like Sam Ellinger? Can that defense stop some uh, some power running backs that Texas have as well? I am very intrigued in this game. I went ahead, picked Oklahoma State. I can't root against my man, Chuba. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the coach, Mike Gundy. He, Mike cut Gundy. The, he cut the mullet off. He's getting a little bit more serious, man. And um, I'm not a Tom Herman fan anymore. So, yeah, I'm going <laughs> with uh, Oklahoma State in this. I'm also taking Oklahoma State because I just – I don't – I don't believe and I don't trust in Texas. Yes, like you said, they they are hungry. They have made some mistakes and they're trying to correct them. But at the same time, I just I don't have any faith in them. Sam Ellinger told everybody they was back and then proceeded to go out there and show that Texas is still not back. I believe Texas won't be back until they're back in the national championship game and win a national championship game. So with that being said, I feel like Oklahoma State's defense is good enough to cause fits for Sam Ellinger because we've seen it. If, if you can cause havoc in the back, like if you can get to Sam Ellinger or if you can even just put him under duress, the game can be completely different. So I'm, I'm taking Oklahoma state. There you go. And and I want to tell y'all what the key words in that. He said, get back to a national championship, win it. But See, I, I'm I'm going to sit here and say this. LSU fans, they won a national championship. They thought that they were back. They were back for a year. <laughs> Only a year. Moving on to our next game, man. Number three, now number three ranked Ohio State versus number 18 Penn State. Saturday kickoff, 6 p.m. kickoff on ABC Ohio State comes in as a nine and a half favorite with the over-under set at 61 and a half, man. And um, I'm telling you, ESPN College Game Day will be there. Why? I do not know why. ESPN (laughs) hates Ohio State. The only thing that they love about Ohio State is our viewership. Now, Penn State goes ahead and uh, craps the bed against Indiana, you know. James Franklin seems to still struggle on how to manage games. The running back goes in and scores. Uh, kind of what Ty Gurley did today as well. If you just go ahead and take the knee right there on the one-yard line or the little half-inch line, you possibly win the game. But, no, you go ahead and score. You give Indiana. And, you know, I talked about this to people. I said, don't sleep on Indiana. Do not sleep on Indiana. Everybody, you know, Penn State fans is talking about that one play. But Penn State also missed the field goal. You know, there were other things in this game that led to, you know, Penn State losing other than that last, you know, the last score that they had. Now, here's the kicker. They go into overtime, right? Indiana ties the game up. They go into overtime. Penn State scores. Indiana, the balls on Indiana. And I just want to tell you, this is why I think Indiana is ready to take that next leap and, you know, fight for that for that uh, that second and third spot 
with Michigan and Penn State because they said, we're not kicking the dang on extra point. We're going for two. We're about to end the game right now. And they did it. Michael Penix came out. Uh, what do you call the, uh, the fantastic man? Came out, stretched his arm out, hit the pylon, you know. Uh, there was some controversy. Some people saying that he wasn't in. Some people were saying that he was out of bounds. Some people say he didn't make it. It is what it is, man. They, they made the call on the field. They stuck with the call on the field. I haven't heard the Big Ten come out, say anything about it. So I know that they're sticking with that. But um, my biggest question marks about this game is, will Ohio State show offensive and defensive improvement on their, on their lines, you know? And I was reminded about this. When Ohio State last year in the first game went up against FAU, yes, it was FAU. We did see offensive line struggle with the running game. We also saw defensive line struggle as well. You know, we saw some struggles. But after that, you just saw Ohio State dominating, 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 you know. And maybe that that, that can be what's going to happen. But they got to get a better running game. Justin Fields can't be your leading rusher as he was in the previous game versus Nebraska. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm very interested in seeing what Ohio State is going to do in this game versus Penn State. Very true. Same. I'm taking Ohio State also because after one week, I I believe more in Ohio State than I do in Penn State. And usually this is one of the games where, for me, because both teams usually are having a really good season, you know, y'all don't play each other until later on in the season. And right. that really comes down to who's going to win the Big Ten. But with it, Y'all playing each other so early, and there's still a lot of things to work out. And I feel like y'all in Ohio State can make the adjustments needed faster than Penn State can make the adjustments. I'm taking y'all because James Franklin just, yes, he's done good things for the program, but at the same time, he hasn't been able to get over that hump. And I feel like the Penn State – athletic directors and the higher aboves are seeing that and probably are getting a little bit tired of it. So I feel like this season potentially James Franklin's job could potentially be in danger this season is all I'm going to say. Well, I, here's my reason why I would say you, it's not, you know, because it's during the pandemic for one, Very for true. two, you're without your starting running back in journey Brown for three you don't have Micah Parsons back who you were supposed to have back as well. So you have some young guys in there who don't have them reps, don't have them spring reps as well. And one thing that I'm learning and have been learning the most is, is you know who benefits the most from spring game and spring practice is offensive and defensive linemen. And that's, that's just who's not, Who's not having it? Uh, like you said, man, and, and I put it to you like this. This would be a – I'm picking Ohio State. This would be a completely different game if we didn't have the, the pandemic going on. This would normally be a whiteout game. And what you hear from the players and the coaches about this Penn State game is they can feel the ground shake. The whole stadium is shaking. It's so loud. This is normally a whiteout. Uh I'm not able to go to this game this year, but two years from now in 2022, I do plan on going and making a white white, white out game because I want to see 
<laughs> this atmosphere and how you know this crowd gets how rambunctious it is. I'm very interested to see how this goes. Hey, maybe maybe I might go with you. I don't know. It just depends. Hey, we can go ahead and report live from the game right there, man. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, man. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and move on to our NFL recap. Oh, man. Excuse me. I don't know what's going on. All right. Uh, NFL Week 7 recap. We got the New York Giants losing to the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, we both picked this game uh, for the Eagles to win, man. Talk to me about this. <coughs> this game was, to me, it was a very lackluster game. It wasn't – it was about what I expected between – two teams that obviously have a lot to work on and obviously need to rebuild their whole franchise. But going into the game, I thought the Eagles would, I'm not going to say easily win, but I thought that I didn't think that they would have to come back from an 11 point deficit to win the game. And they did that. And Carson Wentz still looking very shaky. I, when he first came out, you could see why he was the number one pick. Now he's just looking like I've I've asked myself why was he the number one pick? That's just me though, because the way his career is shaking out, it's no no fault of his own really. He did tear his ACL, and everybody knows that that can change your game completely. So, but also yeah, Daniel Jones did did go down. Eighty, I think it was like an eighty yard run that. That potential touchdown could have been the the touchdown to seal the game, but Daniel Jones went down there and got hit by I guess it was a sniper somewhere in the stands and he dropped him <laughs> <laughs> because he fell out of nowhere. And I really feel like that that one play, that could have been the touchdown to seal the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been a touchdown to silly game. You know, you talk about the Phantom just coming out there and swiping his leg. Uh, a lot of people, it was so funny because a lot of people were just going on Twitter and talking about that was the most unathletic play they ever saw. But I want to say this, man. Yeah, he fell down and everything, but I thought that it was athletic. I mean, I didn't think that Daniel Jones had it in him to even run the distance like that. <coughs> He, he's not the first player that I've seen get hit with the Phantom and fall down. So, I mean, good job to the Eagles. They go ahead, come back, win that game. Uh, moving on, Carolina Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater came back to New Orleans, thought that he was going to be able to say, hey, you should have kept me and got rid of Drew Brees. Not going to happen. Drew Brees outperforms him in this game. And guess what? Drew Brees did it without Michael Thomas, which last week we said, Drew Brees will be feeling more comfortable. He'll have Michael Thomas. He also didn't have Emmanuel Sanders as well and still found ways, got his tight end involved for a touchdown, just got other players involved. It wasn't a high-scoring game, but the Saints come out with the win. Yeah, for there for a while, I still, to an extent, I don't like the Saints, but there for a while, I didn't like them because of, you know, how they did my Colts in the Super Bowl, kicking that onside kick after halftime, which led to us losing. But after that, after I matured and 
had more respect for the game, I have more respect for Drew Brees and his intelligence for the game because not many quarterbacks can be out there without their number one and their number two receiver and still go out there and get a dub. That just speaks a lot to Drew Brees and how well he knows his team and the system that he is placed in. So hats off to Drew Brees. Um, the Panthers, I thought they could get it done. I thought it was a good game. Teddy Bridgewater did show why he should be a number uh, somebody starting quarterback, but at the same time, he still isn't doing enough to put the Panthers in a position to where they could make another Super Bowl run like they did with Cam. If uh, McCaffrey comes back, could they potentially could that potentially save their season and maybe they make a playoff run? Who knows? But it's all up in the area. He also needs to calm it down just a little bit with these interceptions. Well, when, you, when you're speaking of interceptions, man, uh, talking about this, Steelers goes 27 to 24 against the Tennessee Titans. And I just want to talk about this, man. This is why I, as a Steeler fan, am ready to move on from Big Ben. We had this game in hand, had this game, completely won, was actually blowing out the Tennessee Titans, and we were letting them come back. And if you don't know, if it wasn't for a 56-yard missed field goal, we possibly would have had to go into overtime and then lose the damn game to the Tennessee Titans because Ben Roethlisberger likes to do what? Throw mm -hmm. unnecessary interceptions. He did it before the half. He did it after the half. And then does it right before the end of the game, which started leading the Tennessee Titans down. Shout out to the defense for trying to put some type of clamps on them, trying to do something. Um, but also another thing, we stopped them on a fourth down and they were trying to go for it, but we also grabbed them and everything. And I also got to say this. I almost, you know, wasn't able to watch some of this game because my wife asked me to cook breakfast. And then she said, when I went in the kitchen to go do it, she said, baby, I got it. You go watch the game. So shout out to her. She the real MVP of this game. Not Ben Roethlisberger. It's time to move on from him because he's not going to lead us to the Super Bowl. I just, I just don't b believe in him at all. But I did tell you my Steelers were going to win this game though. But if if Big Ben can get you there and y'all are six and zero right now, you, Mason Mason Rudolph definitely can't do it. But I I see what you're I'd saying. I'd rather Josh Dobbs. <laughs> I see what you're saying because I was also watching the game and obviously we had two different picks. I picked the Titans because they're in the same conference and same division as my Colts, and I want my division to look like one of the strongest divisions, which we do, by the way. And um, <laughs> um, other than the Texans, bro. Um, but, yeah, the Steelers come out, get their sixth victory. This is the first, second time in franchise history that they have came out and went 6-0. and And the first time that they did it, they came out and won a Super Bowl. Do I think they're going to – they could win a Super Bowl this year? Possibly. But like you said, with Big Ben, it's up in the air because that, that last interception was the one. I was like, yes. I'm going to get this pick right. The Titans finna go down the field and they finna score, but it didn't turn out like that. They Y'all got blessed by an angel because Ben just had too many turnovers. I feel like they should start getting somebody ready. Like, hey. Ben needs to start grooming somebody because he 
obviously is on his way out the door. Speaking of grooming, if you are a Steelers fan and you know the one guy who inspired me to play football, the one guy who I loved watching growing up, Jerome Bettis, actually talked about this. He said the Steelers need to be taking a hard look at Dwayne Haskins because Dwayne Haskins could possibly be the future of the Steelers franchise. And, I mean, really, he Dwayne Haskins is just getting a raw deal uh, with that Washington football team. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, they gave me 30 points in my fantasy league <laughs> <laughs> for the win. So, but, I mean, really, I don't like what the, the Washington football team is doing with Dwayne Haskins. And to be honest, I just think that he would be a great addition to what we need in Pittsburgh as well, especially with all the wide receivers that we have and stretching it down the field. We wouldn't have to worry about a guy throwing it all the way down the field and throwing nothing but interceptions. You're right. He's not the big Ben of old, but he no. can obviously he can still get it done to done enough. Our receivers are getting it done. They're catching like literally it's like college. They're catching short passes and taking them. James Conner is putting the team on his back, averaging what he what he what he rushed for 20 20 yards and had like 80 80 something carries. So you're averaging four yards a carry. That's a first down every carry. Uh I mean not a first down every carry, but every two, every three carries, that's a first yeah. down. Uh, that that you're basically averaging. So I mean, really, I, I I cannot sit here and say it's Big Ben. Yes, he made a great throw to Johnson in the end zone, but it's just not going to be enough in the future. But moving on, we're going to talk about the uh oh I, I always want to say Oakland man, but they're not Oakland anymore. It is Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders. It just sounds so weird. <laughs> <laughs> First, the Cleveland Browns, Sunday, 12 p.m. kickoff on Fox. Cleveland comes in as a three-and-a-half favorite. You know, I was thinking about taking the Browns in this, but I watched my man, Joe Burrow. He really outshined Baker Mayfield, man. And, uh, you know, Odell Beckham did, is hurt. He didn't get to come back in the game. So that's another thing. And I just want to go ahead and say I think that the Raiders have what it takes, uh, veteran presence. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Derek Carr. Also, I think that the Ravens have one of the best tight ends in Waller as well. And if they can get him involved in the game, the Raiders will definitely win. For sure. That is, that's also a point I wanted to make because I'm pretty sure the Browns out of, out of any other team in the NFL have given up the most touchdowns or most receptions to a tight end. And, if you want to play that game with Darren Waller, I'm sure he'll be more than happy because Darren Waller is a beast. Right, last year, I got him in my fantasy league because everybody slept on him. I tried to get him this year. Mike, you stole him from me before I could get to him. I was upset about it. <laughs> but Darren Waller is just different, and he is he's the different – I believe he's the difference maker on that, other than Josh Jacobs, of course. He's the difference maker on – that offense. So if they can get him going, they can get him clicking. Obviously, it'll open up space and room for other players to be open. And yeah, I just I don't Baker Mayfield is just so hit or miss. And you know the little the little Heisman House commercials that they do? 
Oh, so, it's it's one hundred thousand percent accurate. It is so accurate. Oh my god! It's Baker so can accurate. only per, Baker can only perform when he has pressure on him. So, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Charles Woodson himself who came up with that idea. I would not be surprised because look, they went out last week. They lost. Baker had pressure on him. What did he do? Came out and got a win, even though Joe Burrow also balled out. Now he'll probably feel like there's a little bit less pressure on him. He'll probably go out there and slip up, especially without one of his top targets. I mean, he still has Jarvis Landry, but Jarvis ain't no Odell. We all know that. I'll put it to you like this. If Joe Burrow was on the Steelers, I would be making all bets. I would be talking so much stuff. That dude's going to be a baller in the future, man. I'm telling you, if Cincinnati can just get the pieces around him and his agent make sure he take care of him and don't just let him stay in Cincinnati if they don't know how to get the pieces around him, bro, dude's going to be a baller, man. Uh, moving on to Essex's favorite team, the team that he loves, the yes, Indianapolis Colts versus the Detroit Lions, man. Uh, it's a Sunday, 12 p.m. kickoff on CBS. Uh, Indiana comes in as a three-and-a-half favorite. We do not have the over-under for this game. But, man, I uh, want to talk about Detroit and what they did. Detroit comes back, and they do – they show some fight, man. They, they go ahead, show some fight. But, really, I just think it has more to do with the Atlanta curse, man. They come back, win the game by one point against the Falcons. And it's funny because I was telling my wife, you know, right before, you know, they spiked the ball and everything, after the review, I tell my wife, I said, Atlanta's curse, Detroit about to score right now. She says two seconds left in the game, and they on, like, the 20-yard line, baby. Like, come on now. <laughs> I said, Atlanta's curse. And what happens? He throws a strike in there. Stafford throws a strike. Show us the Stafford that we all thought that he could be and hasn't been. It goes ahead and wins the game. I mean, you're right, but my Colts ain't no Falcons. No, nah, I, I went ahead. I want to go ahead and put it on the record. I did pick the Colts. I picked the Colts. My Colts ain't no Falcons. We we not finna go outside like that. But of course, obviously, I picked the Colts because I just feel like I've said this to you. I've said this to Frost. I've said this to other people. Philip Rivers. I'm pretty sure I've said it on the show also. Philip Rivers. I was so excited because I was like, yes, we got a veteran quarterback. This is what we needed. Our defense is one of the best in the NFL. Our offense, if we get the right quarterback, can be one of the best offenses in the NFL. But Phillip Rivers hasn't impressed me. Like, he hasn't impressed me, but he hasn't done enough to where I feel like we should revert back to Jacoby or give Jacob Easton a chance because we're still doing pretty good right now. I'm, a, I'm taking my Colts because I have more faith in, in what we can do what Frank Reich is putting out there on the field, what Chris Ballard is drafting, and just the the mentality that that is getting built in Indy right now, I really love. It's taking me back to the the Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark days, and that's a lot. So, uh, yeah, the Lions are looking too inconsistent for me. They had a really good game last week. Matt Patricia mixed things up on defense. Just got under – I forgot who they played, but they got under – oh, they played the Jaguars. Got under Gardner Minshew's skin, had him on the ground multiple times. Our offensive line, we're coming off of a bye week, so 
hopefully we get everybody back healthy. We've been missing Anthony Costanzo, but if he comes back, our offensive line will be what we need it to be. And we'll be good. Jonathan Taylor, rookie out there doing his thing. Big 10 shout out. My boy Trey Burton from the logo, from the logo out there doing his thing because nobody respected him like that until he came here. So I'm taking my Colts. Dub, we're going to win by more than three, too, also. You know that is – sorry about that, guys. Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, sorry, I had my mic muted there. Sunday, 12 p.m. kickoff on CBS. Uh, I'm going ahead and I'm going to take my Steelers. And the reason why I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take my Steelers is, is they showed me that they know how to slow a running attack down. And they did it with Derrick Henry, who has been nothing but a force. You know, stiff arming, steamrolling through nothing but defenses. And I feel like if we could take the running game away from Baltimore, our secondary can possibly hold up uh, as long as we're putting the pressure on Lamar Jackson. Is Lamar Jackson a great quarterback? Yes, he is. Uh, but I think that the Steelers' defense is experienced enough to kind of take a, to take some textbook notes out of what the Chiefs did to the Baltimore Ravens as well. So I'm going to go on my Steelers because of the defense. As long as Big Ben doesn't crap the bed and just continue to throw unnecessary interceptions, the Steelers should go ahead and win this game. Uh, like I said, they just came off with a big win against the Tennessee Titans. And, I mean, I don't need to repeat myself, but I think that they have what it takes to stop the run. Now, they do, do have Devin Bush hurt. Looks like the guy who was backing him up got hurt. And, I mean, he ran right into uh, Derrick Henry on the goal line and stopped him. And, if I mean, just, I, I want to say he probably got nothing but a little stinger. But if they could continue to do that with Pittsburgh and they could continue to stop running games like that and try to force them to throw over top, I mean, T.J. Watt, Another guy who's just phenomenal and also stopping that run and just showing that their athletic ability. Uh, so look for TJ Watt and Bud Dupree to have an amazing game against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, with this game, it was it was a kind it was kind of a tough pick for me because I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. I I'm not a fan of the Ravens, but the history of the Ravens and what they put out there, who they put out there. I, I like it. It's just, they, for some reason, their running game is just too inconsistent this year. They can't get Mark Ingram going. They can't get JK Dobbs going. They can't get Gus Edwards going. It's hard so to get JK going if you ain't giving them the ball. They give him the ball. They just don't give him a lot of reps. But if they can't, because I feel like one of the reasons why, when Lamar Jackson did step on the scene and the Ravens were so successful is because Lamar can do it all. He can run, he can throw, he can improvise outside of the pocket. But if you can't get a running game going with your running back, then that's going to put more pressure and more force on 
trying to throw the ball, which will be locked down. So the key to this game for me will be whether the Ravens can get their running game going or not. And if they can, I feel like the Ravens will win, but I don't feel like they will because they haven't been able to all season. So I'm taking the Steelers with this pick. All right, man. Y'all heard that, man. He going with the Steelers this week. We probably going to lose because he did that. I thought he was going to go ahead and pick Baltimore, you know. I thought about it. I thought about it long <laughs> and hard. I'm not going to lie. All right, man. So let's go ahead and see how we did this week. And check out our totals, man. Uh, Essex, man, you're back in the green. Welcome to the green side, my man. Uh, Essex comes in at five and four. Uh, I went ahead and went six for three. So we went ahead and did good. If you are using our picks to go ahead and make some bets, I know this, you made some money. Congratulations. If you would like to donate, share to the Michael Wilson is Broke Fund, I would appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, check out our totals, man. I'm coming in at 33 and 12. Essex coming in at 28 and 17. So uh we really know what we're talking about. These are things that we work on. Uh it's not it's not something that you know we just sit here and we do. We actually go ahead and break down these games. I apologize for not putting out a breakdown this week. Uh you will get a breakdown from me uh, you know, this week. Uh, it was past week I didn't put one out. But you know I will be putting out one this coming week, uh, definitely of the Ohio State-Penn State game and some of these other games that are coming up. Uh, going ahead, we added a new segment to the show. Uh, I'm hoping that you guys like it. I like it. Uh, this is the fan interaction. Like we said, this is your channel. We do this stuff for you you know so if you want to go ahead put your comments if you want to go ahead and say something we will put whatever you have going on right here in the fans edge fan corner so uh we do have one from our one of our contributors one of our facebook contributors one of our listen listeners aaron jones he has something to say for the fans edge The Fans Edge is a great podcast. I went to school with Mike. He knows his sports. It's a great podcast. If you haven't listened to it, tune in. Just listen and get some valuable information. I tune into it from time to time and listen to the guys dissect down about sports and different various topics. If you haven't listened to it by now, tune into it. It's a great podcast to catch up on sports. All right, Aaron, we definitely appreciate your feedback. We definitely appreciate the support. And again, yes, if you all have any questions, comment, uh, like Aaron did, if you just want to, you know, say something in support, we appreciate it all. This is your show. Make sure that you're going ahead and you're joining the discussion, man. Uh, make sure that you're also following us uh, on Facebook in our group, the Fans Edge Sports Talk, also on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube at the Fans Edge as well. If podcast is more your platform, go ahead and check us out. Our main uh, podcast is on Anchor. We are on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, if you are wondering 
how to go ahead and send those voice messages in. You can go on our Fans Edge Sports Talk page where we have our uh, – and scroll through and you will definitely see where we have the link for the voice message, which is on Anchor. Or you can just go on Anchor, find us there, and leave a message, man. We appreciate and we take all feedback. Essek, man, you got anything else you want to say to the people? Yeah, man. I just want to go ahead and say shout out to Aaron. Real cool. Uh, a lot of people are like, hey, I want to get on the show. I want to talk this. I want to talk that. Well, we got the fans. We got the fan, the fans edge fans corner for you. So send us something. We'll put you on the show. We'll we can even do multiple. And then if you yeah. want, if you want to talk about something, if you there, if there's a topic that you would like us to talk about, you can easily DM me. On something you can easily be a mic on something if you think we should t- talk about it obviously we'll discuss it between ourselves or we can put you on the show and then hear what you have to say and then give our thoughts about it so i mean as right now if you want to be on the show this is this is your shot this is your avenue if you want to give some insight spit your knowledge this is your chance and this is how you can do it yeah essek and myself we go ahead we put ourselves on record. You know, a lot of people like to argue, talk about sports. Not everybody likes to go on record. Uh, if you believe in what you're talking about, if you believe in what you're saying, this is the place for you. Uh, so go ahead. Make sure that you leave us all of that. We, Like I said, we appreciate the love. And we're out.